slavery to the law. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. What is important is faith ex expressing itself in love. You were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. For you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Thank you. Can you take your seats? That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for being uh, prepared to read God's Word. It's better than a straitjacket. <laughs> okay, so our series. So we've been covering a series. I found out our friends, they're doing Galatians in their church up in Leeds. And they've been doing it over the summer as well. So our series over the summer um, uh, is a recap. So on Galatians 1, we covered the true gospel. Okay. And then in Galatians 2, we covered true faith. In Galatians 3, when Mike came, um, we covered true children. Galatians 4, with Kev last week, was about true adoption. Today is about true freedom. And next week, we'll finish our series with true spirit. Okay? So that's what we've been doing over the last few weeks. Okay? Now, I've got something for the children. Where are my children? Can you put your hands up with your child? Put your hand up. Could you, very nice, could you come to me? Because I've got something for you. So could you come to me? I need you to not be shy. Come, come on, come on. Come on, guys. Come on, come on. Now, it's in your benefit, honestly. Come on, come on, Audley. Bring your brothers and sisters. Now, I don't want you to show the grown-ups this, Okay. We'll show them later. So don't, you can't look at the minute, all right? I want you to take one of these and you can take a pot of pens and I want you to 
colour that, sort that out for me. Can you do this for me? And then I've got, I want you to come back, I'm going to call you back in a sh few short moments, and I've got a goodie bag full of stuff that you can have something from my goodie bag. Okay, so take some pens from those. Look, see, I've got goodie bags, look. Can you see? Mm, nice. Okay, now then, older ones, Audley, Zach, Grace, Tarley, Chloe, come on. Come on, I've got something for you. Come on. I'm calling you out. Come on. I want you to complete this. So get a pen. I want you to complete this for me. This is your challenge. You can still listen, okay? So I want you to get that good man for coming forward without being called, John. Anybody else missed out? Lovely. So don't show the adults, okay? We'll see them in a short while. Okay. So while you're getting on with that, our series on True Word, we're beginning, I'm beginning with the first bit of the title. So I kind of wanted to look at the word true. I find it really helpful looking at stuff from a practical perspective because that's kind of how I work. I work from a practical perspective. So I was looking at the word true and can you believe it that there are in construction there are four steps to get into true? Did you know that? Who knows that from a construction point of view? Does anybody know that? Four steps to get to true. Oh, I have you intrigued. Okay, so first step to get into true is, first of all, you have to be level. So level is a straight line that is perfectly horizontal. Okay? Okay? So I'm hoping that you're not just going to see this on a perspective of the practical, but you're going to see how this relates to your relationship with God. Okay? Wonderful. The second step to get into true is that you need to be plumb. So plumb is a term used to refer to being perfectly vertical. We can see it now, can't we? So if we're in line with our relationship with God, if we're perfectly in line with our relationship with God and we're plumb and we're horizontally straight in our paths, yeah? So we've got to be straight and we've got to be plumb. So we've got to be level and we've got to be plumb. The third step to get into true is that you need to be square. <laughs> this doesn't sound that attractive, actually, does it? So square, that you need to be in a 90-degree corner. Now, I was thinking that doesn't sound particularly great, but in actual fact, that means that we have to fit in. We have to fit in with what God said. That means that we've got to be obedient. You can't be just all over the place. Now, I know that those of us in our personalities, we don't like to be boxed in and we like to be a bit free. But in actual fact, in our relationship with God, for life to work, we need to be obedient to God. And so therefore, no matter how free you want to be, <laughs> And how much you want to just kind of, you know, you've got to fit in to God's standard, which means that you've got to be fit into the 90 degree square. So that's the third step. 
So once you have achieved those, then and only are you true. I found that quite interesting. That only when you are level, plumb and square can it be deemed as true. Okay? So from that point of view, it was a case of if you're, if you're square, a lot of it stops you from kind of falling into weird and wonderful stuff. So, for instance, for a door or a window, you have to be level, plumb and square in order for the door to not just swing open, for it to function properly. Okay, so we just acknowledge that God's word is true, have we not? We've said that God's word is true. So can anyone give me a word of God that's true? Has anybody got a word that they could say, this word is true of God? Can you shout it out? One word, two words? Anybody? Eternal, God is eternal, yeah. God is love, and God is faithful, great. Anything else? He's trustworthy. Anything else? Pardon? But believe, yeah, okay. Yeah, so God is trustworthy, he's faithful, he's love. Uh, pardon? His spirit, yes. Pardon? Forgiving, he is forgiving, brilliant. Okay. So, one word that I got, which is slightly longer sentence, is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. We all acknowledge that's true, don't we? Yeah? So, what words, when we're looking at that, the second phrase, when we're talking about words, is freedom. So, freedom is the power to act, speak, or think. Okay? So, no matter how old we are, we come under peer pressure. Peer pressure can either be negative or positive. Because the reason we're encouraged to come to church is because we encourage one another to grow to be like Jesus and to have good habits. Would you agree? Yeah? That's what we kind of say. Come on, you need to get to church. There are certain things that we encourage people to behave well and that there's a behavior accepted here that wouldn't be accepted in other places. You wouldn't behave in a loud raucous party the same here well perhaps okay there are certain words that would be acceptable in other places but that wouldn't be acceptable here yeah and there are there's negative peer pressure where we find ourselves behaving like those around of a, around us so we feel accepted so children young people and Zach, I hope you've completed your sheet. He has. He's on his game. Um, the, in actual fact, sometimes we feel as though we conform because we want to be accepted. And so if we put ourselves in a difficult place, we end up 
kind of doing the same. And young people, you need to know that we grown-ups are in exactly the same position as you are. All it is is that we're a little bit more confident, some of us, and we're a little bit more armed with maturity, hopefully, that we're able to tackle it. Would you agree? But we still have to make choices. There are certain stuff that I go to and depending on what, what groups are there will depend on how I choose I'm going to be seen for that particular moment. Does that make sense? So if I'm with close friends, like my friends that came down yesterday, I'd quite happily have a glass of wine and be no problem. But because I've got a group of friends at work that are going way over the top with their alcohol consumption, I actually, although I don't have a problem with it, I choose to not have a drink at all because I want to demonstrate to them that in actual fact I can have fun, get involved, be liberated without the need of alcohol. Do you see the difference? So it's not that I'm wearing a mask. It's the fact that I choose to be different according to where I go. Because my most intent is to demonstrate the fact that Christ makes a difference in my life. And he can make a difference in their life. So we do things differently. Now I want to remind you that there are some things that we do... And if we had a clip play back of it, us grown-ups, not just young people, we'd probably cringe a bit if Jesus was sat there and we'd kind of go, yeah, I don't think that was perhaps my best moment. Yeah, it's fair enough to say, isn't it? I'll be honest, I'm not telling you exactly what it what that moment was, but I have many of those moments and I think... Yeah, I don't think I really shone the light on that one. But you learn from it and you move on. Okay? Now, true, when we talk about true, I talked about the door, didn't I? And when you look at a doorway, okay, and you can see a doorway over there or anywhere around the building, a door, the true, the trueness of that door lives plainly and in the open for all to see. And remember, the door sometimes can become invisible because it functions so well. There's no, because it's level, there's no sagging. Do you ever feel like you're sagging? I feel sometimes like I'm sagging. <laughs> there's no, um, it's because it's square, the door doesn't just suddenly open. I was thinking, when I was preparing this, I was thinking, yeah, I feel like suddenly I open. You know, and suddenly you have a bit of a, an emotional kind of, oh, I, don't, I really haven't handled that particularly well. And that wasn't my best moment because suddenly the door opens and uh, everything comes out. And that's an indication that you're not square and you're not level because suddenly the door opens and everything comes out. I'm seeing some nods. I'm glad that I'm not on my own. I do exactly the same. Okay. So when we're talking about truth, truth lives plainly and open for all to see. And it functions so well. We don't even think it's a good job they got that door right. 
You didn't think when you walked through that doorway today, I'm really glad they got that door true. Level, plumb and square. You didn't think that when you walked through it. You didn't even see the door. You've seen some of the birds when they actually fly into the doors, haven't you? The glass ones. Because they're fitted so well and obviously they're made of glass, they don't see them. Sometimes it, we can be living so right that we almost feel like we're a bit invisible. But that doesn't mean that you're not. Because if you're getting it right and you're living right, then God is so pleased and it is so honouring to God. And he's so thankful. But I also want to talk about the fact that sometimes for true freedom, it's about being transparent and living in the light. Because, you know, secrets live in the shadows where you're not allowed to tell. Living in the shadows or darkness is not freedom. As a really simple test, if you've got something that you feel that you can't share, might I suggest on a very basic level that in that specific area, you are not free? Often we do things without mum or dad knowing. I did, I, I'm, I'm in my 40s and I do stuff that sometimes I don't tell my mum what I'm doing partly because she's not aware at the moment, but I have done. Because sometimes we know that if we ask them, they will say no. Is that correct? We've all done it, haven't we? If we ask, they'll say no. So the choice is, what you do is you go, I shan't ask. If I don't ask, then I'm not in trouble. That's what we think, isn't it? Yeah? Okay? And we do the same. So for instance... We might choose to, um, we talk about our young people and all the naughty things they do. All our young people get a terrible ride of it. But what about us grown-ups? Downloading films, because then we don't have to, uh, we don't have to uh, go to the cinema, or we get them cheap off the car boot. We have to pay a couple of quid. Well, that's not right, is it? Because that's not paying the filmmakers what they should be paying. Going in work like 10 minutes late and then leaving 10 minutes early on a regular basis. That's robbing for your, from your employer on a regular basis. Now we can justify it, but we're on a journey, aren't we? And on a journey, that means that we have to put things right. And we have to do things right. And if today, this is the first time you're thinking, is it really? Should I not, should I, is that robbing from God going into work 10 minutes late? I hadn't really thought about that. If that's the first time anybody said to you, okay, fair enough. You set your clock, you sort yourself out, you recognise it and you move on. If you know you've been doing it, come on. You want to see God moving in your life, then we've got to be level. We've got to be plumb. We've got to be square. So we've got to get it right because he wants to release blessing. So we're called to be set apart. 
we set a goal of purity and honesty. That's what we need to do. And we need to ask God to help us to resign ourselves to the extra costs. Because paying for the cinema instead of paying for a downloaded film is really costly. <laughs> Buying your own stationery mounts up. Doing everything in your own time is really awkward. Yeah? So you may ask, does this relate to freedom? Good question. It says in Galatians 5 verse 19, the works of the flesh. So flesh means self-seeking. And it lists several things and one of them is impurity. And there are many things that you're reading there that might be right for you. That I'm not going to read out in this space, but I want you to read it. Might I suggest that as I have, I've not found myself completely level, plumb and square and therefore not true. And perhaps neither are you. The things we do are wrong that are wrong or sinful, the devil is attracted to. He loves wrong things or sinful things. So folks, we need to walk in truth, confessing all our sin, forgiving those who hurt you. And that way, the devil, our enemy, has no place in your life. We slip. We trip. We heard last week from Kevin that we will have trouble. Some of it we bring on ourselves because we're not, we're not level or plumb or square. Yeah? So some of it we bring on ourselves, but some of it, we, that is what we get. That's what, that's what he said in that, in that earlier chapter. So we have to get ourselves in right relationship and in that open space where we've got nothing to hide before Jesus and before others. And you know, there's nothing more liberating than the freedom of truth. I've heard lots of stories of lots of people. I've done Freedom in Christ for a number of years now and listened to testimonies of I've been in church for many years and I've heard people's stories when they've been absolutely embroiled in such lies that they haven't really known where the lie was and where the truth was. Yeah? Because we can get ourselves into such a knot that we don't even know what's truth and what's lie. And it's taken time for that discovery but what they've said is when it's all out in the open and everybody knows and suddenly they are not covering it, they have said that they, the relief that they feel, even though they've faced prison, even though they've faced court action, even though they've faced incredible stuff, that they have felt relief because they're not hiding anymore. And it's a great place to be where you're not hiding. In my life, I've done stuff that I know is wrong and it's been hidden. And I have done everything that I could to cover it 
and hide it. But you know, it's wonderful when you're in a place where you've got nothing to hide. And I have to work at keep keeping myself in a place where I've got nothing to hide. Keep exposing it. Keep being honest. When I'm at work, because my job's changed and I'm here, there and everywhere and it's not quite as strict with kind of my times for, um, for in and out, I'll say to my colleagues and I'll say to my seniors, just to let you know, I'm doing this, this, this and this. And they'll go, I don't need to know. And I'll go, I'm telling you because I'm making myself accountable. They'll tell you at work, oh, yeah, she's, here she goes on again. But I do it because it's all out in the open. There is nothing to hide about. I've got nothing because I know that I've given my employer everything that I should. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's all in the open. It amuses me about Adam and Eve. The one tree they were asked not to eat from, they ate the fruit. And then what really makes me laugh is the fact that they hide. <laughs> I think that's funny. They're living in a garden that God created, and he said, you, and they're, they're wearing a stitch on, and they hide from the all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful. The relationship that they had with him is far better than ours. It's like this, and they hide. I think that's funny. I, fi I find that amusing. It must be my sense of humour, but I find that's amusing. It's ridiculous to think that you can hide from God because he sees every crevice of the world. We talk about the fact that we could be praying for somebody out in the, somewhere in some bizarre place in a faraway nation, and yet we think that we can hide. See, I find that amusing. <laughs> because we expect him to be able to kind of see all of that, and yet we think that we can hide. That's, that is quite amusing to me. So, it says in verse 14, you shall love one another, and if you are biting and devouring one another, watch out, you might be devoured. There are some of these scriptures in here that they are really something that you need to go away and pause on and mull on because that really has got quite a serious health warning. That means around your dinner table, when you're talking about different stuff, we shouldn't be devouring other people, okay? We want to move into true freedom. And that means living in an open, transparent place. And generally, the reason people don't is either because they're worried about what people think of them or because they don't want to. In verse 7, we read about running the race so well that you were held back from following the truth. I don't know about you, but I, for one, don't want to hinder anyone else in their race for God. I get things twisted up. I get offended and upset. But what do you do? You take it to God, but sometimes you need to sort it out. You need to be honest. And that might mean 
That may, might mean a really difficult conversation. And sometimes we offend others and we have to take that on the chin. And other times people offend you or me. And we have to work through it. But most of the time I find that it's generally me. It's generally me being either oversensitive or I've interpreted it wrong. Any of you get this? You've got it, you've got the ro- it round the wrong way. You've, you're a bit oversensitive. You've taken it and you've just ended up getting highly offended. Could you turn to Isaiah chapter 52? I'm going to read this because this really stood out to me when I was preparing. Awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments. Shake yourselves from the dust and arise. Loose the bonds from your neck, O captive. I'm just kind of jumping down, those of you that are following in the word. For thus says the Lord, you shall be redeemed without money. For thus says the Lord God, my people went down at first into Egypt, and the Assyrians oppressed them. My people shall know my name, and therefore in that day they shall know that it is I who speak. Here I am. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. He has redeemed you. Depart, depart from here, touch no unclean thing, go and purify yourselves. For you shall not go out in haste and you shall not go out in flight, for the Lord will go before you. When we see this reading, we see that there's something to understand and to recognize where you are. Where are you at today? And then there's something to celebrate that despite being in, in Egypt, because in Egypt they were in slavery, the people of Israel, that they were still to celebrate, no matter where you're at. And then there was something to do. And they were to break off their chains, get dressed, and be ready to leave Babylon. So taking off their chains, putting on a garment of praise, and be ready to leave. Babylon... The word Babylon stems from the Tower of Babel, which was a place of confusion. Babylon is described as the city of pride and idolatry. So therefore, when it's talking about fleeing from Babylon, it's talking about fleeing from confusion. God wants to bring clarity. He wants to take away confusion and he wants to bring clarity in your circumstances and in your situations because when you're out of confusion, you're free. When you're making decisions, whatever you're doing, okay? If you notice in verse 12 at the bottom, it says, you will not go out in haste and you will not go out in flight for the Lord will go before you. In other words, when you are found yourself in captivity and you're moving out of captivity, you often don't move in haste. Do you see that? 
So therefore, if you are still in a place where you're thinking, I'm frustrated, I'm putting things in place, but I still aren't, I'm still not seeing victory, just keep going. Keep going, staying level, being plumb, and staying square, obedient to Christ. And it will come. Yeah? But it won't happen immediately. And sometimes there are things that we need to do. We said about breaking off the chains, ready to break the change, change a habit. You might need to change friends. You might need a change in activity. When you're getting dressed, we're talking about being dressed. Are you dressed in the armor of God? Are you dressed in the garment of praise? Are you ready to wear the garment of joy? Are you ready to leave Babylon? Because sometimes we say we want God to move and do it, but sometimes we're not actually ready. And sometimes God is saying, are you ready? Are you ready to leave that stuff behind? We've had words about healing. God's word is true. Are you ready? Are you ready for what he wants to do? Okay, Adam, do you want to come forward? Right then. Where, Andre, can, can we, should we take this off? Oh, I can do it, can't I? Oh, it is tight. Oh, should we give him a round of applause? Hang on, huh? have to give that to Andre. So, how did it feel? Um, I went through several emotions while in that. In that. It, um, it was very tight. Couldn't, couldn't breathe, restrictive. Um, uncomfortable. You needed to look at familiar people. Keep your breathing regulated because every time you breathe and struggle, tighten up your tongue. That's hard, that was. It's tough. I sent to Zach, says anyone wins, so that's didn't move. And it was, it was tight, it was restrictive. I wasn't free. And how do you feel now it's off? I feel liberated. <laughs> well done, that's exactly what we wanted. Thank you. You can pop that there. You know, sometimes you can... Um, Andre had said to me, oh, it's a long time to leave somebody in a straight jacket. He's going, I don't know whether you should be able to... I don't know whether you should be doing that. But sometimes we can be in a situation that's been restricted for such a long time, we actually don't realise that we have a straight jacket on or that we are bound in chains. And God is saying, you have chains that he wants to break. And you don't even realize, but he wants to break them. And you will experience such liberty. You will be able to breathe freely. 
And what is, what do we say about God, the Ruach, the breath of God is the Holy Spirit within. And therefore, to be able to breathe freely means that you can have that sense of God in you. That's what he wants for you. Okay, so we've talked about not living with secrets. We've talked about living out in the open. We want to, I want to see the, the kids. We talked, children, can you bring, have you finished? Can you bring your stuff? And while you're coming, I'm just going to explain to the uh, grown-ups. So there's a centurion. Do you remember the story about the centurion? The centurion was a man that went to Jesus and said, I need healing for, some, for, for my master just to say one word, and the word was go. And Jesus said, come and stand up on here. That's it. Come and stand up on here. And Jesus said, I've never seen such faith, because he understood. Come along here. Move along, move along, move along. That's it. He understood in his company that if someone says, do this, they do it. And if they say, go over there. They go over there. So all he needed was the authority from Jesus by the word go. He just needed one word. Okay? Now then, should, do you want to sh hold up your pictures so that we can see? Oh, look at that. Turn that upside. That's it. Oh, they're lovely. Should we give them a round of applause? Now then, can anybody tell me what is on your picture? What have you been colouring in? Does anybody know what it says? Oh, fruit of the spirit. It says fruits of the spirit. Has anybody got a favourite fruit of the spirit? Cherries. A cherry. What's a cherry? Kindness. Kindness. Oh, I like cherries. Yes, Demi. Strawberries, joy. That's nice. And what's your favourite? Apple. And what's the apple? Love. It's love. And what's your favourite? Apple. The apple. And it's love. Yeah. Aw, isn't that lovely? Yay! Now then, would you like something for... Uh, where are the older ones? Now, I'm not going to... Did you complete the list? You did. So the, the older ones had a list. I won't read yours out. So they had a list about pruning, and their list was, are you growing in the fruits of the Spirit? And they're all listed, and they've put ticks or no ticks. And are you doing these every day? Which is why I'm not going to read it out. And it's got talking to God, listening to God, wanting to live God's way, reading your Bible, and thanking God. And they've got to put a tick list. So thank you for doing that. Um, so would you like something out of our goodie, my goodie bag? Come on then. Dig your hand in. Don't be shy. We'll be here all day. No, we don't want to be here all day. I don't blame you. <laughs> Have you had something? Adam, will you come and help share these out with the kids while I carry on? Could have been worse. That's great. I love it. Okay, so thank you, children. Now, at the beginning, I just wanted to ask, you know, 
it's important. There is something that we, God's talking to us about being set apart, okay? Set apart for something and set apart from something, okay? And from that point of view, while the kids are getting their prizes, I want you to just try and concentrate, okay? Because God's got a word for you. It might be one word or it might be two words, okay? And now, for some of you, you already may know what word it is. Um, but I've put some suggestions up here. So, for instance, it could be, if you've got your sweets, then you can go and sit down. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we're going to be a few more minutes. And you're going to be, I'm going to want you. Well done. What I want you to do is, you know how you told me, children, about your favourite fruits? Okay, so Demi, yours was strawberry. Was it stra- strawberry, which was love? Okay. And you which was joy, that's right, and yours was love, wasn't it, boys, for the apple, and somebody else was cherry, so that's your word, okay? Now, you can see on the tables, we have got some little cards. So, I haven't put the pens out because I didn't want them to use permanent markers and uh, ruin their clothes, so I've got permanent markers that fortunately Josh hasn't got. So, could you put some of those on each of the tables now, please? So, you've got a card here. Now, I've made it so that it can go in your wallet or your purse or your pocket because God wants you to be set apart. Now, it could be that he wants you to love more. It could be that you've got somebody that you need to forgive, which ties in with the word that we've had along with healing, okay? So it might be something that you are being challenged with. Now, when we're talking about confusion and knots, if you've ever tried to undo a knot, have you ended up sometimes just cutting the whole thing out and starting again? Because you have to tease it apart to undo it. And we've already said that from the, bab- from the captive point of view, it won't happen in haste. This isn't going to just happen. This is something that you need to f- know your word. You've got to write it down. And this is almost like an Ebenezer, like a stone that you're going to keep. And it's going to be in a place to remind you to say, yeah. I was challenged because I put less debt. And when I was praying about it, God told me to write debt free. So I know that there's somebody here that for you, debt free is your word, your two words. And that's not going to happen today. That's going to be something that's going to have to happen because you're going to have to put things in place. You're going to have to do practical stuff. There's going to be certain stuff that you're going to have to do. It's not all just going to happen from reading the Word. Yeah? So I want you to have your couple of words and then you can almost draw a picture on the other side if you want. Or you can just put it on the one side so that nobody else can see. So you just got it on the palm of your hand and nobody else sees. So I want you to pick a word 
or a something that you either want God to sort or that you know God's calling you into. Does that make sense? And I want you to go and pick a card, write on your card and hold it in your hand and then we're going to sing our final song. Is that okay? So children, you go and get your card and put your word on it from your pictures. You know what you're doing. Young people, you might have something that you might want to choose from those fruits of the Spirit. At grown-ups, something else, you pick your word, okay? This list isn't exhausting, okay? So find your card and go and write on it. That would be great. going to go into um, our last song now. Um, we'll also be uh, taking up our clothes and offerings um, when we're ready as well. So if you're